Voice at the Table provides practical information to ensure people with a cognitive disability have a real and equal voice on boards, committees and advisory groups. We do this by providing training for people with an acquired brain injury or intellectual disability and through a peer-led monthly meetup. We educate organisations and government departments to use inclusive meeting practices by providing training and resources. But most importantly, VAT tries to make the world a place where everyone is equal and can participate by being given supports they need to contribute the way they want. Our board is disability-led and our resources and training are co-produced and facilitated by people with a disability. Come check us out, voiceatthetable.com.au. We gathered together today on this special place to continue our learning journey together. We are knowing the boy, the wrong, and boom, the wrong, people of the Kumar nation as the tradition tradition of this land and waters of the place where we are recording this podcast and this sovereign had not been Jesus. We knowledge and pay respect to the oldest past and present and emerging. We also pay respect to the First Nations who are listening. We remember the self-advocates who have worked really, really hard over the years for the right for themselves and other people with disabilities to live in the community and for equality and human rights for all. Nothing about us without us. In today's episode of That Chat, we continue our chat with John and his amazing journey of transformation. Yeah, I still think he's going to be a great mentor. Just a little warning there, that was a bit of a, a preemptor. <laughs> Thank you very much. And back to you, John. It's absolutely fascinating that the, the various lived experiences that we've all gone through and how there are so many similarities within that as well. And I think uh, you've touched on it right there with the um, it's okay not to know and it's okay to ask. And that that was a, a big one for me as well. Um, to When you don't know something, don't be ashamed. You don't know it, ask. It's the only way you're going to learn. Uh, and, and I found too, you know, if I have a problem, you know, a problem shared is a problem marred. You know, and then, you know, with two people or three within a group, it's even better, you know, and then we can go through our own past experiences with, with as, as you just said, similarities, you know, um, and how they got through it. Like, I've got a couple of mentors that I talk to, one every day, you know, and, um, you know, and, um, and he's lived a similar life to myself and um, the emotions the feelings. I didn't know what they were. I couldn't even put a name to it, you know, and um, it helps me to um, to recognise that and feel that and come to the consequences. Well, what can I do about it? If I can't do anything about it, you know, I'm on a spiritual journey too. 
know, I believe in the power greater than myself, and uh, because I can't, I need yes. some help. You know, like I sometimes I wake up during the night and I can't go back to sleep because I'm in, I'm in fear. You know, um, I'm worried about something. You know, and I have a higher power that I can hand my thoughts over to. You know and be relying on that and then I'll, I'll go straight back to sleep or I'll do some meditation, you know. How do you meditate, you yeah. know, um, to quieten the mind, you know. Um, I'm in bed to go to sleep. I'm not in bed, you know, um, to do anything else. And, you know, the reality of it's 3, 4 in the morning. I can't do nothing about anything anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. just in my mind. I'm powerless what comes into my mind, but what can I do about it, you know. And I'll do some meditation sometimes, you know, and I'll, how do you want meditate? So I've got a meditation app that comes up on my phone sometimes, or every day. But I don't yeah. practice it every day, you know. Yeah. yeah that's all right. I, I, I don't think it needs to be practiced every day. I think no. it needs to be done when it needs to be done. It's it's that sort of thing for me anyway. Um but I do get a lot of, you know, meditative qualities um, out of my painting. You know, do, I switch into that, as you say, quiet mind. And yeah. well, yeah. I really like to that because um, I'm a tattooist, and um, yeah. and um, I was at a, a meeting of a fellowship of people on Sunday, and and the topic was meditation. You know, and um, when I'm tattooing. I'm in the here I am where my hands are. Yeah. Um, I'm conscious, you know, like distraction, you know, but, you know, and, and that's a form of meditation for me, so I really relate to art mm. and, in your experience, you know. Yeah, for me, you know, when I'm tattooing, I'm, I'm here in the moment. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and, that um, sounds exactly, that, it's a better way of putting it than I've ever tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, my mentor, he says to me, he said, John, you are where your hands are. Yeah. Right? And that's the reality. You know? I've, got, I've got a lot of stuff going on within myself, love, care, concern about my sons. And you know, my sons have been brought up in fellowships of, uh, since they were babies. I was a single parent with two baby boys in nappies that gave me a purpose in life. So. Yeah. And um, and I loved it, and uh, it was really hard, but it gave me a purpose in life to get out of myself. But um, now I'm 62. Now it's now my boys are adult, young adults now. 22, one's 22 next month, and the other one's 23, and and they're living their own experience and not to enable them. You're listening to that chat. In 2013, you know, I was six years clean, and um, I had a list when I, after the last rehab I left, you know, about things I could set right, and uh, I had a warrant on me from um, 1994 in another state, and um, yeah, a four years broken parole, and um, I wanted to clear that up because I had a lot of fear. I didn't get clean to feel uncomfortable and fear makes me uncomfortable yes. and um, I ended up back in prison in Western Australia and um, you know like 
Yeah, I was going to clear that up when your boys got older, you know. Um, but due to circumstances, you know, we got you know the police come here and arrested me, you know, and um, and that was horrific. But I experienced a lot of good stuff. I experienced love within the community, you know, um, and from my family, and you know, like they they just come running and took custody of my boys. Um, a friend of Van Van's um, took full custody of my boys and moved back into my home. My tattoo was paid for the rent on my house for six months in full. Another friend, Arthur, he uh, organised character references to be sent to the parole board in Perth. You know, and, um, you know, like over 30 re- character references, and I read them and I cried. You know, I experienced love within people in the community. You know, like, and I, because I used to think I wasn't good enough, not a part of, that made me feel loved, you know. And I used to think love was just good sex, you know. <laughs> I, I experienced love in a whole new area, you know, and, um, yeah, and that made me feel more a part of and worthy within myself, you know, and that, um, and, and get a balance that I'm not good enough. And I still feel that too sometimes, you know. And but I am good enough, and I because I put myself down for so long and not felt a part of because of my acquired brain injury and the harm I've done to others and myself, I felt not good enough, you know. Um, but I've been able to make amends for that. Yeah, like this list, you know, like. Um, yeah, but going to prison, as I'll get back to that, you know, like I was able to cross that off my list. Um, yeah, and I had another experience also. You know, I used to rob churches and everything and, and active addiction, and um, I went to prison for it. But I felt, as John the human being, awful for what I'd done, you know, because um, people in those areas, you know, churches and stuff just want to help people and plan to see the hope of Christ and all this stuff you know and just help people you know like yeah um, and here I was robbing them you know to feed my drug addiction and um, I felt awful about that and that was on my list how can I set that right after the last rehab I was in I was uh, um, I got a job in a church in Collingwood you know at St Martin's and um, as a cleaner you know and it was shit money too, but it made me feel responsible to be there, you know. And um, and my mentor sponsor said to me, he said, "Now, John, cross them off your list too, because how can I set that right?" He said, "You're making amends to the church, and you don't even realise it, John. Now you need to forgive yourself. You've been forgiven by others, but now you need to forgive yourself. That's the best. That's the big one." He said, cross them off your list. And guess what? He was right. You know, yeah. and I had another experience, you know, like, you know, my parents, you know, like every time I go to my mum's grave, I'm going there this weekend. You know, like, how can I? You know, I'd always say sorry. You know, um, I'd go there with my young sons and I got to a point within myself, I don't need to say sorry anymore. You know, but, they're dead. How can I set that right now? You know, because they were on that list as well about you know making amends and um, 
Yeah, and I was playing up my mentor, and he said, John, he said, hear me out. He said, write him a letter about how you're feeling and why and how you're living your life now. The next time you go to the grave, read, read it out and burn it and watch that smoke disappear. And I did that, and I thought he was off his head because it was a new experience. It was something I'd never heard of before. So I'd done that process, and uh, and then I was like, for me, my experience, when I did that, read the letter, I wrote the letter and read it out and burnt it. I looked up in the sky and I seen a picture of my mum and dad with smiles on their faces and the words that come back is now get along with your life. Yeah. So, uh, I feel emotional now um, when I talk about that experience because I've been able to forgive myself because you know, I've been through hell. Yeah. No, I think it's... Uh only right that you feel emotional <laughs> with with yeah. that that was yeah, yeah very very emotional stuff yeah, yeah. No, no, well, like, and, and, and to pass it on to others that they can experience that in in other areas you know but I always pass that on to me what with voices of change you know to share our honest honest you know like that's a big yeah. thing honesty is a you know is the best policy. My life was led on dishonesty and I lived on a front with dishonesty because I couldn't find my true self and I masked it up. Now being sober and clean, you know, and, you know, hearing other people's experience to pass that on to others, but that can happen for them too. You can find out more voice at the table.com.au. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting how you use, keep using that word mask. I think it's so right. Yeah. It, it just fits it perfectly. And, you know, and if we're going to be honest here, you know, we're not talking about just illegal drugs. Some of the medications that the doctors give you uh, create that mask as well. And if yeah. you're not going to address the the problem deep down, as you were saying, and addressing that is the biggest thing, I think. And once you get that done, you get better. You know, your your, your addictions become less. Your your interactions with other people become more. You know, there's so much more to the world, and if you're going to leave behind that mask, you're not yeah. going to see it. And I think, yeah, yeah, from yeah. day on, on no medication. But I know a lot of people that are. I've, I've just just had a friend um, ask me this morning if I'd sponsor him, if I'd mentor him, and um, he's the same age as me, and well, two years younger, and you know, and what what a privilege! Very much. Yeah. A, what a privilege! I'm, I'm not surprised though, John. Um, yeah. Just so our listeners know, I, I've known about John and John's amazing work over the last 18 months um even though he hasn't really known me <laughs> um but yeah it does not surprise me that he has been tapped on the shoulder to be a mentor and yeah. i think it i think you'll be an amazing mentor john you're oh thank you yeah i'm uh, yeah. but i'm living and learning that stuff too you know it's about 
you know, and, but I live and learn that stuff from other people too and to practice that in my life. It's a new experience. I've mentored people before. Um, yeah, but they, they never stay around. So they, um, and I'm powerless. Now what's the next right thing that I can do for me? Not be the person I used to be. No, I don't want to use drugs. I'll be dead within a week. You know, I want to live and I've got a life of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. You know, the next thing is what I'm more grateful for today and just get along with the next thing I've got to do today. Very, very wise words there, John. It's easy to talk. It's great to practice it, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Copy what other people say, but it's beautiful to practice those experiences. And it's good not to know. You know, and, and it's only within a group. You know, like Voices of Change, and I'm involved with other fellowships. You know, like, yeah, you know, and, um, yeah, and that's how I learn. Yeah. You know, I'm 62 and I'm still learning. I think I'll learn until the day I die. Yes, yes, indeed. I, uh, I learnt something yesterday. I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> it was very much in that line of, oh, I didn't expect to learn something. And I did. And and I think that's the attitude we're going to take into every single day is don't expect something and it will happen sort of deal. <laughs> it's, well, it's, you know, I heard a little saying years ago, that's, which is, I've heard a lot of sayings, but some things just stick with me, you know. Yeah. Expectations are a core of resentment. If things yeah. don't happen the way I expect them to happen, well, it's, uh, you know, I get angry. You know, well, yeah. acceptance is the core to all my problems too. <laughs> well, what can I do about it? You know, I'm powerless yeah. over other people. I'm powerless over things that happen. You know, yeah. like this voices of change has really put a big, you know, due to COVID, it's put a big step, stop on everything. You know, of what we would like to do, but uh, the co common sense. Well, what's the goodness out of it? It's given, it's given me and other people patience you know, and tolerance. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I agree. I think overall the COVID situation has been bad, but for several individuals, it's been great. And 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 as a group of disabled people. That that knowledge that normal workplaces now have in regards to, oh, they can work from home. It does work. We should like look at doing that a bit better in the future. Yeah. But you know, it's it's something that a lot of the disability community has been calling for for years and years and years. Yeah, you know, just being able to work from home. You know, just because you know it's too painful or it's, you know, uh, to, so found, many other reasons, but... Well, I, I found for me, you know, as a human being with, with acquired brain injury and, you know, like, that, you know, to do something different instead, instead of isolating to, you know, uh, the opposite to isolation is connection. You know, like to be to, to connect with other people, not just to sit with myself in my own, excuse the expression, shit. You know? <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah. Problem shared is a problem hard, and I can't share that problem with someone sitting at home. 
I've got to get out into the community, you know, I've got to get mobile like and physical stuff. I go to the gym, you know, um you know, like and that gives me um I go to the gym, you know, the spiritual, you know, awakening of the spirit of who John is. Yep. You know, um, you know, and sitting at home thinking about it's not going to do anything about it, you know, to get out and do something. You know, and, and I found that hard too. You know, yes. Like, not the last rehab I got out of, like to make my bed with a doona, the thought of it was horrific. To do it, it took two seconds. Yep. Not <laughs> yeah. oh, a minute, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And then I'll go, I just, you know, like to hang up my washing, you know, the thought of it, oh, to do it takes a couple of minutes, you know, yep. you know, to hang it up and take it off. And, you know, like, yeah, you know, I like being wrong. I think uh, being wrong is a good place to be sometimes because it allows yeah. you to learn something. Yeah, something about like, yourself or something like about the world. The similarities because I heard other people talk about it. Okay, yeah, me too. You know, the great famous words, but I can only hear that yeah. from other people. If I'm with other people, I can't hear that Sydney sitting at home isolating. You know, because we have a disability, we're yeah. still human beings. You know? Yes. And for me, I need to associate with human beings to learn. I can't learn sitting at home trying to work everything out myself. But sometimes I like to be at home on my own, and you know. And um, for me, you know, when I was in anti-drug addiction, people, 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 all the time. And when I got out of rehab last, I had people on on my footpath out the front of my house. I had chains and locks on my gate so they couldn't get in. And um, they'd be calling out from the footpath, John, have you got anything? And I'd walk out and I'd say, No. I said I was in rehab. I nearly died. Oh, okay. Um, can you get it anywhere else? No. <laughs> and, you know, and, I, and I went, nah. But my disease of addiction in my mind is, yeah, I can. But I never yeah. voiced it, you know. Yeah. And they play head games with me. But the power of no, it's the power huge. of no, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful experience and gave me some self-worth, you know, to be true yeah. to myself. And not people please and be true to others, you know, like, yeah, to help them and enabling them, you know, like, um, yeah. And, and and that was hard because I was a chronic people pleaser, you know, yeah. yeah. But to work that in other areas of my life, being true to myself, you know, like I've got my own little wall mowing and gardening business, I've been doing it for over 12 years. Um, you know, like, and there's people always trying to undercut me, you know, and I used to, yeah, okay, okay, just so to please them. But then yeah. I'd be resentful all day and I'd be resentful while I'm doing the work, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm undercutting myself, you know. Now the power of, no, this is the price and this is how it is. Um, yeah. If you don't like you can go somewhere else, you know. To talk to people the way I like to be spoken to and to treat people the way I like to be treated too. I've got to be considerate of that too. It's not just all about me, you know. Um, yeah, and to try and practice that. So I'm just living and learning. Sometimes I make mistakes. I'm not perfect, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
You're listening to That Chat. Yeah, there's a there's a line from Bob Ross about uh, there are no mistakes in art, only happy little coincidence. Yeah. Well, something time, along those lines. You see. Yeah, every time you mention art, you know, I do tell you, and I'm still yeah. experiencing new experiences in that area. You know, and I do drawing, but not enough. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, like, yeah, I'm a good artist, you know, but I always think that I'm not good enough that I should be doing better. But I can only do better if I do it. Yeah, you know? very much so. It's, it's like I, I I sort of complain that I'm not very good at drawing. I'm much yeah. better at painting. But there's only one way for me to get better at drawing, and that's to draw more, you know. Yeah. It, it's... Yeah, I know what the answer is. I just don't want to do it half the time. Yeah, yeah, me too. And um, I'm always busy and you know, I've got other things to do. And, you know, yeah. like I have to do where I talk, you know, I've got to get changed and in the next stroke mower lawn for an old lady. You know, like I've had my own lawn mowing and gardening business for over 12 years. And, you know, I'm physically, all the big jobs, I've knocked them on the head. I won't do them anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I just can't do it. You know, and to be honest, I don't want to do it. But I do some for old people. You know, small small jobs. You know, and it helps with me. You know, finances too. You know, but I don't yeah. charge much. And, you know, like I, I've got to do. But, it, but it's that people connection as well. It's yeah. what you were saying before. It's it's being able to get get around and, and talk with people face to face. It's yeah, you know, yeah. Like I, I'm really blessed too, you know, I've got a coffee shop on the corner of my street, three doors away, you know, and I go there every day, have yeah. been over nine years, you know, and um, now I've got a great relationship with the people who own the shop and who work there, you know, yeah. when I went to prison in 2013, I was in Perth for six months, I was in prison for four months, and then I had to stay in the community of Perth for two and a half months, and they didn't know where I was, and um you know, they see me boys and and um you know, where's your dad? Where's your dad? Oh, he's at a tattoo convention in America. And <laughs> and, uh, and then a couple of months later they uh, said, Where when's your dad coming back? You know, and um and they told him what happened, the owner and he said, Here's my phone number, if there's anything you need, don't hesitate to ask. You know, and when I came home after six and a half months, I went to the coffee shop and um and I shook his hand. I said, "Thanks for that." And he said, "I'll oh, bugger the handshake. Give me a hug." You know? Yeah. And I've got a beautiful relationship with the people there that work there, and you know, yeah. And they, when we talk about our problems, you know, yeah. you know, like yeah, I spoke to a lady there this morning that works there, and she said, "How's your granddaughter?" And I told her, and she said, "Oh, let me buy you a cake." You know, you know, you know, yeah. And on my birthday last week, my belly button birthday, you know, I turned 62, you know, the coffee shop gave me breakfast, or cooked <laughs> breakfast and coffee, you know. Yeah. I said, happy birthday, John. You know, I don't get that anywhere else, you know. I do, but, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And that made me feel more part of the community, that you know, I'm not just a gimp with a quiet brain injury, yeah. you know. You know, I'm... And I found that I'm my own worst enemy. I'm the only one that puts myself 
myself down. No one says anything to me. It's how I feel of myself because I feel a bit different because of my um, acquired brain injury. But no one knows what's in here. I am my own worst critic a lot of the time as well. And, and yeah, I put it down a bit to the brain injury. But I think it's a lot more common than we think. <laughs> it's a lot more widespread. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where people, like, you know, every time I've got out of prison or uh, a rehab, you know, like I'd be going to the supermarket and I'd feel as though I had a sign on my head. You know, I just got out of jail and everybody knew it. So yeah. I'm just a human being walking down the street. Yep. You know, or I just got out of drug and alcohol rehab or I got out of a psych unit and I'm just another human being walking down the street. Oh, my own worst enemy. Mm. I think that's a good place to leave off there, John. Um, yeah, no we've had a, a really good chat, and I hope our listeners have been as emotionally charged as I have from this chat. Um, thank you very much, John, for letting us in and, and letting us into your life. And, and yeah, and, and sharing your wisdom and your strength with others, I think, is wonderful. And I'm sure there'll be many more that you'll help along the way. Thank you again, John. Yeah, um, I'd just like to finish off with this. Yeah, like I found a tool that I found from someone else when I feel that I'm not good enough or not a part of to actually put a pen, pick up a pen and put it to paper and to write a gratitude list you know, about the stuff that I'm grateful I'm not doing anymore and the stuff that I'm grateful for today, but mainly about the, well, the positive assets, my assets to myself, within myself, and what I do in the community. And then when I feel oh, I'm not good enough, when I do that practice of actually writing it, writing it down, I feel it, or like I'm, I feel that I'm grateful I'm not in prison anymore. When I actually write it, write it down, I feel it how I felt when I was in prison or having to go to court. I'm grateful I'm not using drugs. I'm grateful I'm not harming anyone. I'm grateful I don't have to go to court anymore. Then I write down the things that I'm grateful for today, you know, which might be food in the fridge, rego on the car, full tank of gas, or, you know, um, but then I write down the things that I'm grateful for within myself, you know, my self-esteem, you know, um, my pride and, you know, um, what I do in the community of helping others, you know, like, um, and that gives me some self-worth and then I feel good enough again and I've got a spring in my step. Anyway, yeah, I'll leave that at that. <laughs> Nothing about us without us. Welcome to Jutton Joke. Humpy Dumpy, fat on a wall. Humpy Dumpy, powder grape fall. All the king's daughters and all the king's men. Said, oh, we got scrambled eggs for breakfast again. Thanks to all the VAT Chat team and people that contributed today. Our presenter and producer, Warren Lauren. Our audio director and composer, Dan Sullivan, the VAT Chat working group who steer the direction of VAT Chat. We'd also like to thank John Takima for sharing his story. And last but not least, Justin O'Brien for Justin's Jokes. 
VATCHAT podcast as part of the Voice at the Table training, voiceatthetable.com.au.